Morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Isn't this weather just gorgeous? It's fantastic. I expect every car to be washed this week. It's pretty weather. I mean, why not? You need to be working in your flower beds. You need to be outside enjoying God's creation. Um, We've had some cold weather, so it's nice to be outside so that you can get out in a flower bed, mess up your allergies again. Are y'all even here today? I want to remind you of the Pine Tree Church of Christ member covenant. There's a stack of them out there in the foyer. We finished up a series last week called The Meaning of Membership. If you want, it's optional, if you want to have your family sign this at the bottom, we turn those in to our shepherds and they're going to pray over your covenant. If you want to do that, you don't have to. So there's a stack out in the foyer. You can put it in the wooden box in uh, this foyer or in the wooden box over in the... Uh, the fellowship building. We kind of are transitioning from the meaning of membership to a series I'm calling Next Steps. And I want to recommend a couple of books because we're talking about taking next steps. I've uh, told several of y'all about this, Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley. Uh, Andy preaches down at North Point in um, Alpharetta, Georgia, the second largest church in the nation. And they have realized, they've done research, there are catalysts that help people grow in their faith. There are certain things you can do. There are certain steps that you can take to help you grow in your faith. So this is how they do church. If you want to know how the second largest church in the nation does church, this is how they do church. And their section on baptism is phenomenal. Just saying. You should get that book. And I talked to you about a study last week. Um, It's a book called Follow Me. I think I've got a slide on this. Um, They interviewed 80,000 people, 200 churches, and they did some research to see, um, can you measure a person's spiritual growth? Can you track it? Is there any way to to see to get people from point A to point B? So that's two books I want to recommend. And in that study, they asked people a question, what's the most important thing that you want from your church? 80,000 people, 200 churches. One of the top answers was... Challenge me to grow and take the next step. So that's where we kind of got our title. We're going to talk about next steps. I illustrated this way. If you want to take the next step from here to the other side of the stage, it's going to take several steps. All right? If you want to get from here to the other side of Longview, it's going to take several steps. If you want to get from here to, we talked about the Pine Tree Mission Statement, helping people grow into fully devoted Christ followers, Challenge me to grow and take the next step. If you want to be a fully devoted Christ follower, there are some things that you can do. There's some specific steps that you can take to be a fully devoted Christ follower. Now, you'll never get there. Paul said, I press on and I'm still trying. The Apostle Paul, so he spent his whole life trying to become a fully devoted Christ follower. But there's some things that you can do. Let me illustrate this way. I don't know if I've ever told you all this story before. In 1996, I weighed 225 pounds. I don't need an amen on that. I'm not saying 225 is good, bad, whatever. For me, I needed to lose some weight. And my goal was to get to 195 pounds. You don't just do that overnight. There are some steps that you need to take. So I did what a lot of people do. I went to my good friend, Dr. J, who's a doctor. He was the best man at my wedding. I was the best man at my wedding. He was the guy that stood next to me. 
<clears throat> so I went to Dr. J and I said, Dr. J, give me some pills. Because that's what a lot of people do and that's what some doctors prescribe. And so through the years, I've always asked Dr. J, hey, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about? And he says, Richie, there's no magic dust to losing weight. Watch what you eat and exercise. I said, Dr. J, can you, uh, can you help me do that? I want to get from point A to point B. Can you give me some pills? Can you give me some drugs so that I can watch what I eat so that I can... And he said, no. So being my good friend, um, he irritated the fire out of me. So I decided to get from point A to point B. I've got to take some steps. And at that point in my life, I was not in shape, obviously, but I was a runner. I always loved running, so I thought, I need to start running again. So here's what my steps were. I, I went out one day, and I ran a mile and died. So I did that for about a week, and I thought, you know what? My next step, I'm going to bump up to two miles a day. I just kept taking steps. I was watching what I was eating. I cut out a lot of the junk food. Um, we started buying some more fruit and stuff. And then, short story is, I got up to three miles three times a day. I was running nine miles a day. I'd go home and run three miles at lunch. I'd go home before supper and run three miles. Kelly and the kids would go to bed and I'd run three miles. I did about 750 miles in about three months and went from 225 to 195. Thank you very much. No applause is necessary. To get from point A to point B, there are steps you can take. You know that. You know you need to exercise. You know you need to watch what you need to eat. But there's next steps in every area of our lives. I mean, just think about church. In our men's ministry, we need to take next steps. We've got men in point A. We want them to be to point B. We need to realize what those two places are. And we need to see what the steps are to get them there. In our women's ministry, in our youth ministry, in our children's ministry, in our small groups ministry, in raising up leaders in the church. It doesn't just happen. If we want men to, to be deacons and elders and leaders in the church, they don't just jump from point A to point B. There are some steps that we need to be very intentional about. And when it comes to your spiritual growth, there are some specific steps that you can take that are catalysts that help you be a fully devoted Christ follower. So that's what we want to talk about today. You've got a handout in your chair. Um, you can follow along. I'm going to spend a little more time on some of these than others. These are based on research and these are based on the Bible. So next step, we mentioned this last week. One of them has to do with what you believe. I mean, if you want to be a fully devoted Christ follower, you got to believe certain things. And not everybody believes the things that we're going to throw up here. Well, that doesn't sound good. Not everybody believes the things we're going to throw up here. Um, not everybody believes the thing. Not everybody in this room. You see on the handout, we believe. I don't want you to think that I'm assuming everybody in here believes this. I'm just saying, based on research, 80,000 people, 200 churches, and based on what I read in the Bible, these are some things that you need to believe if you want to be a fully devoted Christ follower. So, number one, we believe in God. Not everybody does. You know that. Not everybody does. You read in the paper last couple weeks about the, the weeks about the atheist group here in town. Not everybody believes in God. But we believe in God. So I've got some scriptures down there. If you open your Bible, it says, In the beginning, God. If you can start right there, you're doing really well. 
We believe that God is eternal. We believe God is a sovereign ruler. So there's some scriptures. You can go home and you can read your Bible because you need to do that. Number two, we believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Not everybody does. Not everybody does. Some people believe Jesus was just a, a great person, a great leader, a great teacher, a great moral person. We believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And there's a bunch of scriptures for you to look at right there. We believe that He came to this earth to save us from our sins and pay our sin debt. We believe He lived a sinless life. We believe He was resurrected. He ascended to heaven. We believe salvation can only come through Jesus Christ. We're going to come back to that. We believe that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. We believe that Jesus was with God in the beginning. So you, you need to believe that. As a matter of fact, in the survey, 80,000 people, 200 churches. Not only should you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you need to make Him a priority in your life. People who want to become spiritually mature, one of the things they believe in the survey, one of the things they put in, and rated very highly is, I need to make Jesus a priority in my life. A lot of people believe in Jesus, but He's not a priority. A lot of people come to church and believe in Jesus, but He's not a priority. Number three, we believe in the sinful nature of man. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Have you ever encountered somebody who doesn't believe they've ever sinned? There's some people out there who believe, you know, I don't have any sin. I guess they're perfect. I guess they're Jesus. But not everybody believes. Now, I'm not going to spend any time talking about original sin, born with sin, when you get your sin, all those things sin. I'm just saying the Bible says we've all sinned. So we believe that. Point number four. I'm going to spend a little more time on this one and the next one. We believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Leonard just read a scripture about that. We believe that all scripture is God-breathed. God breathed those scripture. We believe all scripture is um, from God. So you've got some points on your handout there. <clears throat> we believe in the authority of Scripture. We believe in the infallibility of Scripture. We believe the Bible contains the words God breathed, and we believe that um, the Word of God is reliable. Let me read you this. According to this research, the most important spiritual growth need expressed by people across the board is help me understand the Bible. People want to understand the Bible. People need to understand the Bible. People need to know what God's will is for their lives. And you can find the answer to those questions, whatever your questions are in the Bible. You need to be in the Bible. The number one, by far, the number one most catalytic growth is if you'll spend time in God's Word. If you want to grow as a Christian, open your Bible and read, and this will help you more than anything else. More than coming to worship, more than going to Bible class, more than praying. If you'll spend time in God's Word, and, and not just spend time in God's Word, you need to meditate on it. You need to memorize Scripture. You need to ask God, God, I'm fixing to read your Word. What is it you want to tell me? What is it you want to tell me to shape my life? You need to be in the Bible. I'm not saying that just because I want you to read through the Bible. I'm not saying that so we'll put your name up somewhere. I'm telling you, if you want to move from point A to point B and become a fully devoted Christ follower, nothing helps more than reading your Bible. You've got to be in the book. You've got to be in the book. I told you one of my goals this year is reading, and so I'm reading a lot of books. And that's good for me, but you know what? I need to read the book if I'm going to read a lot of books. 
Some of y'all are readers, and you read a lot of stuff. We get up and read the newspaper every day. We might spend 15, 20 minutes reading the newspaper. Spend 15, 20 minutes reading God's Word, and it will change your life. A lot of people will say, you know what? God's just not doing anything in my life. Do you read your Bible? No. Hello? I'm telling you, if you want to get from point A to point B, nothing helps more than reading your Bible. You got to read your Bible. You got to be in your Bible. You got to read God's Word. The Bible is the most powerful catalyst for spiritual growth, hands down. Psalm 119 Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. You've heard the illustration don't believe everything you hear. That's good advice. But you can believe everything you read in the Bible. Everything. Now, it all goes back to believing in God, in the beginning God. If you can believe that, the rest of it's pretty easy. We believe the Bible is the Word of God, and you need to be in the Bible. Now, this next one is crucial. We believe we're saved by grace. Not everybody believes that. As a matter of fact, according to this research, 80,000 people, 200 churches, you need to believe this more than anything else. You need to believe that you're saved by grace. What that means is you need to believe there's nothing you can do to save yourself. There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. There's nothing you can do to get in good graces with God. The only reason that you and I are saved is because God did something. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. And Jesus came to this earth, Jesus Christ in the flesh, and He died on the cross and He paid our sin debt. And the only way we can go to heaven is because God did something. You've got to believe that. Otherwise, you're going to spend your whole life being miserable, trying to get in God's good graces, and you're going to die saying, I hope I've done enough, I hope I read enough, I hope I prayed enough, I hope I enough, 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 enough. It's not about you. And once you believe you're saved by grace, you're free to serve God and free to realize God loves you so much that you don't have to earn His love. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. God loves you. How much? He sent His Son. Now, let me read you this. It's a quote by Max Lucado in his book, He Still Moves Stones. He says, A legalist believes the supreme force behind salvation is you. If you look right, speak right, and belong to the right segment of the right group, you'll be saved. The brunt of responsibility doesn't lie with God, it lies with you. Legalism doesn't need God. I grew up around a lot of legalistic people who said you got to do, 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 do. you got to obey. And those are good things. But if you're doing those to earn your salvation, you're doing those for the wrong reason. We love because He first loved us. We love because Jesus died on the cross. We love because we responded to what Jesus said. you got to believe you're saved by grace. Now, let me read you a scripture, Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, we've got time. Let's read God's Word. Ephesians 2 verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead. In your transgressions and sins. That goes back to our sinful nature. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. 
Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We believe that you're saved by grace. Jesus told Nicodemus, everyone who believes, not everyone who achieves, not everyone who earns, not everyone who's successful, not everyone who says, I hope I've done enough. Listen, if you want to grow in your faith, one of the steps you need to take is, God, I believe the only reason I'm going to heaven is because you saved me. It's not anything I've done. It's because of what you did at the cross. Not everybody believes that. Not everybody believes that, church. Not everybody in this room believes that. Some people think, well, yeah, but I still need to do some stuff to earn my salvation. No, you don't. You don't need to do anything to earn your salvation. We believe you're saved by grace. Now, if we believe all that, we believe you need to respond to the gospel message. Listen, if you believe the Bible's the Word of God, then you need to do what the Word of God says, no matter what the Word of God says. This isn't in Luby's cafeteria where you get to pick and choose. You need to do what the Word of God says. Did you hear me? You need to do what the Word of God says. If you believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God, you need to do... It doesn't matter what your friends say. It doesn't matter what you think. What matters is what God thinks. And so you need to accept what God says... You need to respond to what God says. You need to confess what God says. You need to repent when God says. And you need to be baptized when God says. Now, let me say this about baptism, okay? I know a lot of people wrestle with baptism depending on how you were raised, where you were raised, what church you were raised in, what your parents taught you. I'm going to tell you right now, next step next week is baptism. I'm going to spend a whole lesson on next step is baptism to hopefully help you understand baptism more. But let me say this, if the Bible says you need to be baptized, and I believe in the Bible, then I need to be baptized. I don't need another reason. God said, I'm going to do it. Now, if you struggle with that, then you don't believe in what the Bible says, and you don't believe the Bible's the inspired Word of God. It's that simple. I have no hesitation whatsoever telling you, asking you, pleading with you to be baptized and respond to the good news of what Jesus did on the cross. You need to do that. If you want to move from step A to step B, if you want to become a fully devoted Christ follower, fully devoted Christ followers follow what Jesus did and Jesus was baptized. Don't need any other reason. God said Jesus was baptized. I don't need another reason. You want another reason? God says repent and be baptized. It's a command. If we believe in the Bible... And I think we do. And if we want to grow into fully devoted Christ followers, and I think you do, then we need to do what the Bible says. I could give you a list of a lot more commands that we seem to ignore, but you need to be baptized. You need to come back next week. If you're thinking about wrestling with, not sure about baptism, come back next week. And listen to what we have to say about baptism and what Scripture has to say about baptism. That's one of the steps you need to take. 
It's one of the steps you need to take. You need to respond to the gospel message. We're going to sing an invitation song. Isn't it people need the Lord? You need the Lord. You need God. You know why you need to take next steps and you know why you need to be a fully devoted Christ follower? I'm going to tell you why. Because there's going to be storms in life. There will be storms in life. Financial storms, relationship storms, you live physical storms, health storms, dealing with your parents' storms, dealing with your kids' storms. There's going to be storms in life. And if you're back here at point A when those storms come, I'm telling you right now, they will devastate you. And you'll question God and you'll wonder, why, 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 why? But as your faith grows and you become a fully devoted Christ follower, those same storms... You look back at those storms and you wonder how they could affect you in such ways. Have you ever seen people over here who are fully devoted Christ followers and the storms of life come and they're just smooth sailing? You're like, how do you do that? They took steps in their life to get to this point. Listen, folks, the one storm that we deal with the most, the one storm we can't dodge is death. Wow, we struggle with death, and we wrestle with death, and we don't know how to respond to death. And when a loved one dies, we don't know how, and we don't like looking forward to ours. Listen, that storm's coming, however you want to define it. But if you're a fully devoted Christ follower, if I read my Bible right, I'm looking forward to that transition. Hey, folks, if I die today and I'm not here next week, guess what? I don't see you, I see Jesus. That's not bad. Nothing against you. I want to see Jesus. I want to see some of my heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. Death is just a transition. But listen, folks, as you take those next steps, whatever the storms are in life, you'll be able to handle those so much better. So that's why we're going through this series of next steps. So next week is baptism. But you need to believe certain things. And I'm going to tell you today, you need to go home and read your Bible. You need to go home and read your Bible. You know why we have Bible classes? Because people want to know how to understand the Bible. And that's what we try to do. That ought to be for the education ministry our next step. Our next step is we need to take people and teach them certain Bible truths. That's what we're trying to do. So I want to encourage you to hang around for class because we're going to open our Bibles and study God's Word so that we can handle things in life better. We offer the invitation of Jesus. You need the Lord. Everybody needs the Lord. If you're breathing, you need the Lord. You need to respond to the Lord. God did something for you. He sent Jesus to live and breathe and die on the cross and shed His blood for me and you. You need to respond to that in some way. So if you want to give your life to Jesus, confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God. If you want to repent of your sins, if you want to be baptized today, it doesn't have to be today. It can be tonight, this afternoon, any day of the week. You call whoever you want. You need to be baptized. If you want the shepherds of this church to pray for you, to embrace you in prayer, you can meet them in the back and go to a private room. If you need to respond to the invitation, please do so as we stand and sing. People need the Lord.